New research from Shelter, which is an organization, shows that at least 271k people are recorded as homeless in England. And this includes 123k children. Oh my goodness. Isn't that sad? Go beyond our ethnic, national and cultural comfort zones and reach people who are in need, regardless of how different they are to us. How helpful are you generally on your day to day? And it's a question that we should all ask ourselves. Who knows? They could have easily spat on Jesus' face. They could have easily said, get away from me. But he was still persistent and insistent in helping these people. This is a very British saying, but I cannot believe it's the end of November. Where did time go? Can't believe it, mate. Right? Now, the big question here is, are you feeling Christmassy yet? No. Oh, what? Mm, yeah, get into the Christmas. I I am someone who loves the Christmas kind of festivities and season. I thrive in it. I love you're, the look lights. You've been doing a dance yeah. to me as well. I love the music. I love the little jingly noises. I'm here for it. Oh, but um, obviously, as we know, with the season, tis the season to be jolly. Exactly. <laughs> you said that in the most unjolliest way. <laughs> But I also feel like this is really the time where the world gets together and finally focuses on the needy, mm. of those in need. It makes me think of what's the what's that song that they always play in Christmas? Oh, Feed the World. I hate that song so um, much. Do they know it's Christmas in Africa? Yeah. What? <laughs> Do you know it's Christmas? Do you know why um, it's Christmas? Well, so, so there you go. I Look at me. I'm getting vexed now. You're why did we talk vexed. about this? Why get and it's Christmas season. Because anyway. I, I heard that song when I was in Africa and I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> of course I know it's Christmas. I have a calendar too. Oh, sorry. Okay, sorry. sorry. I'm riling you up here. I don't mean <laughs> it. But the point I was trying to make is now that we're entering into the mode of really Thanksgiving and giving and thinking about others and those in need. And, mm. and obviously one of the things that we like to do is obviously show and express our love to others by giving them gifts and and that we care for them and you know at this time of the year people really love to think about okay how can i help others mm -hmm. and so it's really i think quite a timely message this topic because this week's lesson is entitled mission to the needy Oof. now before we go ahead with it you know we always like to take it into prayer and you know we just want to pray that well Today, we want to make it a priority to pay attention to God's voice and to be good listeners, both to God and those you bring across our path. Amen. I love that. Right. I'm, I'm going to do an Ira. Okay. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. Ira, <laughs> what is your understanding of the word needy? Oh, I've, this, I do not feel good receiving this it's question. It's not nice, isn't it? No. This is how I feel every time you ask me those immediately, questions. Because immediately all my brain cells have melted. That's, okay, let me, before you answer, every time Ira does this to me, because our sound engineer is like, okay, three, two, one, click. And then I was just like, Michelle. I'm just like, oh my gosh. <laughs> so it's your turn now. Come on. Um, What do I understand about the word needy? Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's when someone has a lack and needs well i've used the word need now oh i struggle with this i it's don't know easy, what to yeah? say it's not it's easy. not easy it's just when you're lacking 
Yeah. Know? Okay, let me paint the picture. If I think needy, I'm seeing someone who's like really cold and has their hand out and your hand is shaking. Pennies, because that's what I used to see it as. Yeah, but actually, there's loads of needs that we all need. Like you said, it could be physical need, it could be a mental need, an emotional need. And sometimes I like to feel needy. Do you know what I mean by that? I'm sure Alex knows. Yeah, yeah. It could be a fun. Why are you looking at me like? It could be a financial need or it could be a social need. Yes. Now, it's it's our job to be able to find these and help people. Because like I said, you know, the picture that I gave you, I was only focused on the financial needs because yeah. that's what I thought Begging it was. Begging for the money. That's like, mainly, yeah. the, that's a, I feel like a very common need. It is, but there's actually loads of needs. You have mm. social needs, mm. but we never ask about helping people that physical needs. Mm financial mental needs mental needs emotional needs Mm. as well so that's what we're going to get into today and i love the first lesson because when i was studying for this i actually thought about you ira oh Mm. once in a while i think about you (laughs) 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 the the topic is the faith of friends and it focuses on luke 5 17 to 26 As always, please make sure you go read it for yourself. However, I'll give you a quick summary. So the story is Jesus is preaching and a lot of people have come to listen to him. Yeah, It says like people from Galilee, all of Galilee, like Judea, Jerusalem. And so he's in a room and it's just packed because I don't know if it's a room. I don't know if it's a hall, but he's in a building and it's packed. Mm. Right. So he had, it says he had been given uh, the spirit of of healing the sick, sick, basically. Right. And so there's these friends who come with their friend who is paralyzed. And of course, they're trying to get him to Jesus because they want their friend to be healed and they can't get in. And then I'm sure they looked at the roof. They're like, ah, no air con, but the roof's open. Let's climb up there and, you know, put our friend down so that he can be healed. Now, of course, read the story by yourself, because at first Jesus says to the man, oh, your sins are forgiven. And then the Pharisees are like, "Ah." yeah, and basically Jesus ends up saying to the guy, you know, like, um, rise up and go. And it, it, the whole what I want to highlight is, first of all, the faith of friends. Right now, why I said this reminds me of you is because I don't mind it anymore. I actually enjoy it. But. When we first started, especially just like Bible and reading, Ira got me involved in loads of Bible sessions, whether it was like with her uni friends or whatever we actually used to do. Was it once a week on like a Tuesday? Do you remember? Our Bible studies. Our Bible studies, yeah. It was Saturdays during COVID. Oh no, we changed it from Saturday because we were now, we started going to church. Mm -hmm. Um, But Ira got me involved in that and I genuinely enjoyed it. And even now... Um, well, when quite a while back, Ira used to send me Bible plans, and sometimes I'd be like, "Oh my goodness, can you please slow down, slow down?" Because there's so much pressure when it comes to a Bible plan, especially if you're doing it with other people. It's like, "Oh, I have to make sure I comment. If I miss a day, everyone is going to know. Everyone's going to know. I put pressure on you. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's going to know if I don't. If I miss a day, people are going to know. But now it's like it's now a daily habit. And I was thinking, I'm so grateful that you pushed that. That's like the faith of my friend enabled me. I think you 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 encouraged me to work 
on my faith that you Aww. probably don't know that you, this is the first time you're hearing it. Um, and I genuinely love you for that. Um, and that's why even now I feel like I'm taking that and spreading it to my other friends. And I'm sure some of them find me annoying when I'm like, oh, do you want to do this plan with me? And they're just like, oh my goodness, Michelle, go away. But I'm hoping that one day they reach a point where they're like, you know what? Michelle was very... I'm hopefully not pushy but Michelle was very encouraging that now I want to be able to spread this this word to other people and I tell you what just I want to add to that and speak to it and that Michelle has so much wisdom and I genuinely you do and and that's why when we're in a bible plan together I'm like looking for you okay excuse me I'll message Michelle because I'll notice if there's been a couple of days that she's not had a comment, I'm like, uh, where's the wisdom, please? Where, no, where? she does not say, where's what? the wisdom? She's like, oh, um, like, what um, haven't you? how are you doing with your, with your Bible study? Yeah. I'm, like, oh. I'm like, where are your comments? Because <laughs> I, I, I get um, a notification when Michelle has commented or anyone's commented on a Bible plan. And I love to see what people put in there. Because mm. people come with different perspectives. Exactly. Miss, yeah. And I think this is what I love about this scripture because it, it only talks about the friend's a little bit obviously it focuses on his healing and the Pharisees etc but I really want to zone in on those friends and I want to encourage anyone listening today to be that friend um, who encourages your other friends to start reading the word of God right because I think a lot of times when we think about you know go ye therefore we're thinking of out there which of course we should be doing but there's people within your vicinity which are so close to you that also need that encouragement and believe it or not I was at a party not not getting good, good, good drugs no not that kind of party when um, do you ever go to a drug party <laughs> I don't know I feel like anytime someone says I was at a party that's like what you think really yeah okay. you don't I don't really I'm not cool like that then so I went to you know TC Yes. So she has the most precious baby. He is a cutie. And he turned one. Um, so we had a celebration for him. So we went to his party. And obviously once the child, once he, once the child. <laughs> <laughs> like you don't know him. <laughs> <laughs> I hope she misses this one. Anyway, once, once he had gone to bed, we started talking. And you know, you know what women like talking about? Men. So we, we love just, it. We, we, we love just love it. One we of our love favorite throwing topics. them down the dirt. It's fantastic. <laughs> but um, in the middle of that, I literally, I don't even know why. Well, I know why I said it. But I said to them, so ladies, how are you doing with your devotions? <laughs> I've never asked that question yeah. in it, a gathering. I can imagine gathering. you saying it and being like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is so uncool. Um, but actually, it was good because we started opening up to each other about priorities. And, you know, some of, some of my friends are mums with children and they're working as well. Um, and so we were literally sharing things. Like, for example, the 10-minute Bible talks that you shared with me. I said, because my friend was like, it's really difficult. I'm still trying to work out the schedule. Now that I take my son to nursery and I'm working for, like, is she working full time? I don't know. And I'm working and I have to get home. I have to prepare food. I have to prepare. Like I could hear just how stressful it was. And I was so happy that I was in a position where I could say to her, hey, how about when you make, when you're having your drive at work, why don't you start by doing this? Nice 10 minute Bible talks. And it's amazing because of course it talks about, it's got a chapter that it's focusing on each day. Um, and I'm still praying for her that she then finds time where she can really have that devotion, um, that time set aside. Because I think it's so important to have that. Absolutely. But I like that I'm becoming the friend that I want 
my friends to be to to me mm. you know um i want to be a friend like you ira who encourages them or when i see my friends haven't logged into their bible app i'm like yo what's going on because there was a period where i, ha- I wasn't studying my bible and then ira was like girl get on your zoom <laughs> and that helped me get back on that on my journey on my spiritual journey right now focusing back on what we learn here so these friends they find a different way of helping their friend in need okay so i could have said to my friends oh it's not good enough that you're making all these excuses you need to study your bible but instead i was able to be like oh okay you said you're busy Here's a podcast that you can listen to whilst you're doing something else. And I'm praying that once again, it inspires them to have more time. And so here, the question is, what do you do when you encounter barriers? Because that was a that was a huge barrier. Time is a barrier, isn't time it? Time is a barrier. Yeah. For the, their barrier was getting to Jesus mm. through a crowd. But our barrier these days could be time. Could be it work. It could be work. It could be money. It could be family. Relationships, social media. So, oh, social media. Mm. How how do we how do we encounter or how do we um, overcome these barriers? And you know, of course, we have faith, which is fantastic. But there's loads of things that are required, especially on our Christian walk. Uh, the quarterly actually said this: we need faith, action, patience. And a willingness to be unconventional. Ooh. That's something that we don't usually say. Yeah. Um, we're usually conventional. We're very conventional. <laughs> like read your Bible, pray every day, and you grow. Exactly. Grow, grow. Okay, give me give me some more. Give us certain mm. nails. How can I do it? So I think, you know, we Ira, you love talking about businesses because you're a businesswoman. Um and for you to have a business, you have to have a strategy, especially if you want it to be successful. You can't just like open up a business and be like, yeah, we'll see how it goes. You need strategy. You need a five-year plan or et cetera. And I think, I think this is how we need to start taking God's work, God's business, God's mission. Amen. Let's have strategy to it. Yeah. If I've got a friend who comes up to me and says, I'm having problems with this, how do I help them? Do I just say, oh, girl, you need to pray and turn away? Or do I have scripture that I can say, oh, here's a scripture that you can read? Actually, having said that, one of my other friends <laughs> said that to me the other day. Um, she had a friend who suffered a loss. And she said to me, oh, Michelle, do you have scripture for someone who's like suffered a loss? Mm, and guess what? You did. A scripture that I had over a year ago that I used. And you know about this, mm. about God heals a, a brokenhearted. Mm, yes. Um, found in Psalms. There's actually loads of them. I think one Psalms 34. The other was like Psalm 149. That one actually says he heals the broken hearted and binds up their wounds. So I was like, girl, Yes. I do you was ready for, for that. I was ready for it. And so even in being strategic, you can't just be strategic without a reason for it. So um, one of the things I remember, this is my last point, but one of the re- things I remember about my mom is that she had a book and in the book she had um, topics and the topics had so many Bible verses that came up with it. So if, let's say the topic was sadness, joy, um, I, I can't remember what the rest were. I was like 10 or maybe even eight. Um, and I know even in us talking, that's something that we said we want to start doing, thinking about. And so I thought, I want this podcast to actually help you out. So in you being strategic, why don't you think about doing that? 
yeah, mm. with your Bible plan or just with your studies. Or if, as Ira said, we're not into the festive season, which means the end of the year, in your, um, I don't know, goals for 2024, why don't you think about having topics and Bible scripture that you read, that you memorize, that you can use this so that if either Ira or Michelle or any of your other friends come to you and say, hey, I'm struggling with addiction, what should I do? It's not just you talking and say, yeah, here's the help that you can go for, but you can actually give them scripture that can also um, help them in, the, in their time of need. That way, your faith as a friend is also extending to other people. Strategy is key mm. and genuinely, I really enjoyed that. Thank you, Mish. Monday, we're looking at crisis method alone. And I guess that, that really segues us into this topic quite nicely because you're, you're talking about strategy. Okay. And I felt like I was really put on. Like I was really inspired reading this day. Mm -hmm. um, but let's check out. And since it's the festive season and I'm feeling very festive, you I thought, yeah, I, I always feel festive. <laughs> um, but I thought I'd do something different and get our lovely sound engineer, Alex, to read the scripture what? for me. I know are you excited as well now you're getting festive <laughs> um but if alex could read john 5 verse 1 to 9 and this is the story about jesus healing a man at a pool and then mark 1 23 28 jesus frees a man from an evil spirit ira is feeling festive and i am feeling ill but i pray that the word of god is heard clearly as i speak so we're going to start with John chapter 5, 1 to 9. And it says, Later, Jesus went to Jerusalem for a special Jewish festival. In Jerusalem, there is a pool with five covered porches. In Aramaic, it is called Bethesda. This pool is near the Sheep Gate. Many sick people were lying on the porches beside the pool. Some of them were blind. Some of them were crippled and some were paralysed. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had been sick for a very long time. So he asked him, Do you want to be well? The sick man answered, Sir, there is no one to help me get into the water when it starts moving. I try to be the first one into the water, but when I try, someone else always goes in before I can. Then Jesus said, stand up, pick up your mat and walk. Immediately, the man was well. He picked up his mat and started walking. The day all this happened was a Sabbath day. Mark chapter 1 verses 23 to 28 and it reads, While Jesus was in the synagogue, a man was there who had an evil spirit inside him. The man shouted, Jesus of Nazareth, what do you want with us? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, God's holy one. Jesus, his voice full of warning said, be quiet and come out of him. The evil spirit made the man shake. Then the spirit made a loud noise and came out of him. The people were amazed. They asked each other, 
what is happening here? This man is teaching something new and he teaches with authority. He even commands evil spirits and they obey him. So the news about Jesus spread quickly everywhere in the area of Galilee. Oh, fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for reading, Alex. Um, Lovely to hear your voice on the podcast. Big up you. Uh, Okay, so one thing, when we're reading the John 5 story, so sorry, but in verse 7, where the man who had been sick were told for 38 years... I'm not exactly clear on what his sickness was, but my guy was... That is a long time. That's a long time, you know. I'm not even that age yet, but if if he, he had been sick my whole life, that's that's long. Um, that he basically says in verse 7 that there wasn't anyone to help him. He literally says, The sick man answered, Sir, there is no one to help me get into the water when it starts moving. He must have been so frustrated, man. 38 oh. years of that. Isn't it sad? It actually genuinely saddens me. And and not going to lie, right? If we hear of this this pool where every so often an angel comes down and stirs it up and everyone, you know, gets healed. Bruh, if the world was to find out about a pool like that, it would be swarming with people. Do you know, the way way you people, like, ran and, and... not stole, sorry, and just packed up tissue and yeah. pasta when COVID happened. Yeah. I know that pool would be empty. Do you know what? That pool is probably empty because of us. We probably took some, you know, bottles and stored up some of that yeah. water, you know. Exactly. Like, we would be crowding. We would be rushing to get into this pool. Mm-hmm. So I have no doubt about it that this pool that the man was chilling nearby <laughs> was, <laughs> giggling, was covered in people. So it's it's quite sad for me to hear that of all people there, there was not one person that could help this man. But then I, uh, though I'm sad, it makes me think, well, wait a second. Surely in life, you see so many people struggling, really, really having a difficult time, hungry, homeless, whatever it may be. Mm. We're just walking past these people and potentially not helping the people who are in need as well. And, And so as sad as it makes me feel reading that bit, it also makes me, you know, put things into perspective. Like, okay, how helpful are you generally on your day-to-day? And it's a question that we should all ask ourselves. But um, as we as we have heard Alex read these two stories from John and Mark, E.G. Dubs breaks down five steps or five, five key things um, that Jesus kind of, approaches helping people in need but basically this is how jesus ministers to the needy Mm -hmm. now first and foremost minister i actually think it's kind of an alien word for me i'm like okay what what?" yeah i already see like a white man in a suit like immediately what i think but so obviously i've done a bit of a search and minister essentially means attend to the needs that's it just attending minister and minister yeah Minister, attend to the needs. Just that is how we're going to learn about Jesus attending to people's needs, ministering to the the needy. So number, actually, before I break into it, when I read these five steps, Mm -hmm. it immediately made me think of what I do at work. Okay, so I'm an account manager slash 
you're kind of in business development and it's oh, all wait. so someone actually asked me oh what does ira do isn't she in marketing i was like i definitely know she's not in marketing <laughs> um, i think she's an account manager <laughs> there you go you know <laughs> but what that's, as, that's how that's as far as i know but yeah okay so so one of my key roles is to build relationships okay. with my clients and also, when you have a decent relationship with someone, you know when that contract ends, when we're talking 500k, a million pound contract, mm. you know because they like you, your relationship, you've built such a healthy, you know, solid relationship, they're likely to renew when that contract ends. Okay. You know, keep that contract coming. Mm. Anyway, one of the key things that I need to do because of that is mingle you know i need to chat to you i need to have a solid relationship established mm -hmm. with my client so that's one thing i do and and then one thing i like to do is like you're talking about strategy okay let me understand what your business needs are what is it that your nhs organization hopes to achieve in the next you know 12 24 months whatever it is mm -hmm. how can we as a company support you to to reach those goals so i'm attending to their needs i want to know their needs attend to it mm. and then the next one is just now i've built a relationship i've i've shown them that i'm interested in what their goals are i'm gonna build this trust relationship with them i'm gonna gain their trust and how do you do that you continue to listen to them and show them that you care about what they care about. Mm -hmm. And eventually, hopefully, you get a contract or you, you get, get new business. Yeah, contract. you get that money. And so that's kind of why I immediately thought about what I do in my business. It kind of just made me think, raw, like I should kind of apply a similar strategy like you were talking about, mm -hmm. to my faith, to mm -hmm. my spiritual walk, and like you said, how to reach those in need. So first step that Ellen White kind of highlights the way that Jesus approached these two scenarios here is number one, Jesus mingled, okay? Mm. He mingled around those people who are in need, around those who, well, as you can imagine, people in those times when we read the Bible, needy people seem to be like poor, weak sick and those kind of people particularly sick people you already knew that society would be like 10 steps away from them like oh mm. you got leprosy i'm so sorry get away from me do you know what i mean mm. soon as you hear it kind of makes me think of covid times when you had to take like two i don't know two steps away from each other or something like that yeah so yeah you're already like distant but i love that jesus's example here is that he mingled. He didn't even just stand next to these people. He, you know, chatted and, you know, just interacted. Loved that. So that's example number one. Example number two into Jesus' method of ministering to needs. He showed sympathy. And he showed sympathy in a way that demonstrated that he wasn't expecting anything in return. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, okay, I see someone... This example of the man by the pool. First of all, he was already mingling. He notices this man and he's immediately like, yo, what's going on? Like, do you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. he immediately sympathized and demonstrated that he understood where this man was coming from and what his needs were. And he done it in a way where he definitely wasn't expecting anything. Like, what can you expect from a man who's been sick for 38 years? Mm -hmm. Probably not a lot. I imagine this man probably wasn't able to hold down a job. 
So it's not like you you had a guaranteed reward at the end of it. Mm. So number two, show sympathy in a way where you're not expecting anything in return. Okay. Number three, this is when we're talking about minister to needs, when we're actually like outright addressing the needs is we've now heard and taken sympathy. We've mingled, we've, we've taken sympathy, we've, we've listened to what this person's needs are. Now it's time for us to actually take action. Yeah, do something about it. Really and truly minister to their needs, to really attend to it and address it. And by doing that, we unlock number four, which is we win confidence, we win their trust, we gain their trust. Mm -hmm. Because we've demonstrated from steps one to four that not only do you care, that you don't expect anything in return, but you've listened, you've, you've taken action. And now... It's just like almost naturally I'm confident and I want to trust you because Ra, Michelle's really listened to me here. She yeah. really done something for me here. Mm -hmm. Amen. And lastly, five, because we read it in, in what, um, what Alex has read earlier. But basically Jesus says in um, John 5 verse 8, then Jesus said, stand up, pick up your mat and walk. And I think some versions actually even say follow me. And that's the whole point. The last kind of piece to the puzzle is follow me, is lead people to Jesus. Ooh. That's that's basically it. Yeah. We, we can we can stop here. That <laughs> well, was so good. Amazing. I mean, yeah. So big up EG Dubs. <laughs> big up EG Dubs. And thank you for sharing that with us because even I was taking notes like, I love this. I love the strategy in that. Now we go straight into Wednesday's lesson, which is refugees and immigrants. Ooh. Shout out to us. Shout out to us. <laughs> <laughs> now, okay, before I go into it, into this, I please don't don't fight me on this, okay? Because I unfortunately didn't take the time to really research into the statement. I wrote it down in my notes and I was like, I'm going to go back to it, but I didn't go back to it, but I'm going to share it with you. Let's share it as a myth, okay? If there are any doctors, if you see me, maybe you can, we can this is a good, you know, conversation starter for us. But it said, the myth, according to Michelle, says, did you know that babies' heartbeats take on the same rhythm as their mother's? Aww. That's so cute. That's cute. cute. Little hearts. Because, and very evidently, from the time that we're babies, it's in our nature to be or to imitate the same ethnic, social, or cultural zone that we're in, right? Okay, okay. So if I'm raised in a certain way, like you and I, yes, we are immigrants. Um, and we there's a lot of things that we have in common. Yeah. So I think even when we're talking, for example, when Oh, I hope I hope our sound engineer engineer doesn't look at me sideways for this. <laughs> but like when we're all talking, the three of us, like because mm. obviously Alex grew up. He was born the, here. He was born here. Yeah, he's basically Brit well. He is British, mm. whereas we grew we were up somewhere else. Somewhere yeah. else. Yeah. In is your place a developing country? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, in developing countries, yeah. basically both of we're us. We're all same. Yeah. yeah. So like our upbringing tends to be a little more similar. Yes. Uh, in comparison our experiences to, are similar yeah our, yeah our experiences are very similar mm. um and so this topic the reason why i wanted to mention this is because whenever i see a uh, an immigrant i feel like it's easy for me to connect with them 
or it's easier for me to connect with them. 100%. Because even when me and Joe are talking and we're talking about like witchcraft back home and we're yeah. like, oh yeah, you know. Yeah, I, yeah. Like, <laughs> and then like, we talk to Alex, well, Alex, do you have this? And he's like, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 relate. We didn't, cannot relate. Um, and it's actually a psychology that for you to connect with somebody, you have to have some common ground, mm. right? Um, otherwise, you're not going to, you're not going to relate. You're yeah. not going to link up with them. In fact, um, my mentor I actually forgot what she was <laughs> my mentor taught me this thing and I'm giving it to you guys for free okay that, like, you know sometimes when you go for interviews it's important for you to look at the person who's interviewing you and kind of mirror their actions oh, yeah. because even though you're from two different backgrounds etc once they see you the thing is they can't catch you doing it like it has to be kind of really subconscious. So there's a lot of work that has to go into it. But once you start mirroring someone, you then take a liking to them. Because mm. you're like, oh, look at you. If, if if it's subconscious, if you then realize it, it just, it's irritating. Yeah, Nobody yeah. wants, you don't want someone copying you. don't want you. a copycat. Yeah. Uh, to the point that she used to tell me how sometimes she would be in meetings and like maybe she's having a meeting with a client and the client would take a sip of the tea or coffee and she would do the same. Like okay. take a step as well because in in the weird psychological world that subconscious imitation or likeness draws you to that person. Mm. Crazy, crazy. But my point is, we are used to our either ethnic or cultural or whatever those kind of comfort zones, um, and so I under I don't understand, but I know like people might not like immigrants. Or refugees. And there's always debates on them when, you know, there's like a war and they're like, oh, yeah, let's o- open your homes for these people. Like, you know, there, there was a lot of debate that when it was like Ukraine, it was like, yes, open the borders. But when it was like other non-white people, it was like they were mm. drowning and nobody cared about mm. it. And, you know, it, it's something that's obviously close to my heart. And now, especially psychologically, etc., I understand. I don't understand. I... I I see things mm. the way or what am I trying to say? I'm not trying to say I understand what they do. I'm just trying to say I see mm-hmm. how they react. That's 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 the um the right term. But in Tuesday's lesson, what we are actually kind of taught or what we are encouraged to do is go beyond our ethnic national and cultural comfort zones and reach people who are in need regardless of how different they are to Mm, us yeah big one big big one because we're not used to that right and I was reading this and I was like how how do I reach them or how do I reach um a point where I no longer see color and I know a lot of people like to say oh I don't see color good for you I see color, okay? I'm not colorblind. Um, it's just blurry. But, yeah. But how do I how do I reach that? And I think I mentioned this last week when we we're talking about loving everyone or loving others as yourself, is that it's not something that we can do alone. It's something that we need to pray about and invite the Holy Spirit to take lead in this. But it's it's something that's very important. Um, because as I said. We must do everything we can to ensure as many people not just hear about Christ, but also see Christ in how or how we treat them, how we act. 
One of the things that you always say, Ira, and this is stuck with me, is that you might be the only Bible someone reads or sees. Yeah. So your actions are so important. So whether that person is Hindu or Muslim or I don't know, atheist, you are the only Jesus that that person is going to see in their life. So what kind of impression or what is impression the right word? Yeah. Yeah. What impression are you leaving with them? With them. So that's that's number one. But I feel like this has been a very practical. Very practical. Because uh, right? you're coming up with some practical ways. I wasn't as strategic as you. I don't have point one, two, three. Um, but I do have a few. Is that a challenge? Challenge, encouragement, points, that are points yeah. that I want to give to us. Because I think we've spoken about immigrants, but we haven't really gone deep into it. And I said, how do you reach them? Of course, you reach by first praying. I think prayer should be. The, the first thing that you do, by the way, I've got a testimony. I love it. But I feel like it segues. It's not, it's nothing to do with immigration. <laughs> <laughs> just say it. It's nothing just say to do it with since this. you've said it. But it's more, so my point was, it's important to seek, seek God first. I'm going to just segue a little bit. So this is my testimony. I have been suffering with my knee and my ankle for a very long time now. Mm-hmm. Probably the whole year. I have literally tried every remedy on earth. Apart from going to the GP. I'm yet to do that. But I've been reading about it. Um, I've been talking to my physician, doctor, friends, and asking them for advice on, you know, what I should do. I even went to my friend's house the other day and she's very, like, she likes to heal herself through food naturally. Okay. And she's the one who taught me about grating ginger and putting in a wet, like, in a damp um, kitchen well, towel. Okay. And then putting around any swollen area. And then it basically pulls out toxins. And I was just like, oh, okay, fine, I'll try it. Yeah. I did it on my ankle and I actually saw the toxins. Like there was like a black mark on the tissue paper. So no. it actually was, it's actually crazy, yeah? So obviously I was doing all this. And then the other day I was studying. I think it was, the verse of the day was Psalms 41 verse 9. And it spoke about, it might have been in our promises, in our okay. 365 day. And it spoke about um, God heals those on their sick beds. He restores their health. Right. right? I think it was probably two weeks ago uh-huh. that we did the study. And I was like, this is a fantastic verse. I'm going to keep it. And, you know, one day when someone who, if I meet someone who needs you know, encouragement from the Bible. I've got scripture for them because you're you know, ready. I'm I'm building my portfolio of scriptures uh, yeah. to help my friends out. So I, I I just parked that and then I started you know doing my daily devotion, my refresher, my prayer, and I was just like, first of all, Jesus, please forgive me because I've been sick. I've been having this problem with my knee for I don't know how long, and not once did I. First, start by saying, let me pray about it. Mm. I didn't seek God first. And Mm. the reason why I didn't do it, I'm not justifying it, but I didn't do it because I didn't think it was that big of a deal. I was just like, ah, it's just my knee. Like the swelling will go down. But I'm not fully practicing seeking God first. Mm. And I asked for forgiveness right there and then. And I prayed about it. I was like, yo, you know, can you you help me out, you know, with my knee? Mm. I know I haven't been... Uh, I, I should have come to you first. I'm yeah. sorry about sorry that. Sorry about that. But, um, do you mind helping me out, please? Um, and my knee was so painful that even when I was walking, it hurt. Oh, no. I can walk now. 
in a straight line and I literally give praise to God for that healing. My ankle is not swelling anymore. I can wear my work shoes and not worry about my foot being squashed in them. I can even wear boots now and zip them up because my ankle is not swollen. And I just wanted to share that testimony that we serve a God who answers prayers. And if anyone is currently dealing with whether health or whatever issues you're you're experiencing i'm just encouraging you to take them to the lord in prayer uh because we serve a god who answers prayers praise god so like i said totally different to what we're talking about right now um going back to this on how we help immigrants like i said it's important for us to seek god first on this venture okay the second one is be strategic seek information about the people that you live with where are they from i have neighbors in my first on the first floor and of course i know they're immigrants Um, but all up to now, I still haven't gone down to say hi to them. I haven't introduced myself to them. And that's, that's a family I could be, um, reaching, reaching, witnessing to. So, oh gosh, now, now I'm going to have to come back on this podcast and tell you how I did in reaching those people. This is fantastic because not only are we speaking about it, we're actually showing you this is fantastic, grateful accountability. So that's something for myself. But that's what you need to do as well. Do you have neighbors who are maybe immigrants? Uh, And I know sometimes it can be a bit difficult because sometimes they have their own faith. But show them, like I said, show them Christ in the way that you speak to them, in the way that you help them out, in being just being a good neighbor, like we spoke about last week. And then finally, once you see that neighbor, um, start praying for them. I think you you mentioned um, finding out people's needs, right? Mingling with them, finding yeah. out their needs. So start, you know, ask them, oh, you know, Obviously, not day one. Hi, guys, what do you struggle with? <laughs> You're going to have to have to build a Be rapport. more strategic. Be more that. strategic in, in your mission for Christ. And when you reach a point where, you know, you start sharing things like that with them, you now have your opening to start praying and hopefully start helping um, other people who are different to you. So Wednesday is focusing on to help the hurting. Now, it's quite clear to me as Michelle has kind of thrown out all these gems. I love your testimony. Thank you for sharing. And just as we've gone through this whole lesson so far, Jesus' example of helping the needy is the ultimate example and makes it quite clear to me that this is a biblical principle that we need to follow, Mm -hmm. especially if we are supposed to be Christ-like or ambitious in becoming like Christ. We don't know if everyone who Jesus helped, we don't know if they actually accepted him or not. You know, we don't know all of that. Yeah. Um, and so it makes me think, you know, what's what's my appetite like? Like, what's your appetite like, Mish, to help someone who, you know, you were talking about it earlier, like, what if they're your enemy or what if you don't like them or what if they're annoying uh, i can guarantee you right now zero appetite i can right? answer that for you you don't even have to ask the question yeah zero appetite if it's all up to me exactly mm. do you know what i mean if you've jarred me if it's an annoying colleague mm. you know i don't have very much time for that mm. um or anyone who's like outright tried to to come for me mm. you know if someone's on smoke best believe i don't have time for that mm. um and 
I just don't think generally, one, there's a lesson to be learned here. Don't be annoying, okay? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, no, I'm joking, but it's just more like you're going to get difficult people in your life and you need to be able to look to God to help you with your appetite, to grow your appetite in helping those in need because we are called just like what Jesus did. He did not hesitate to help someone in need, not expecting anything in return and not knowing if these people accept him or not. Who who knows? They could have easily spat on Jesus' face. They could have easily said, get away from me. But mm-hmm. he was still persistent and insistent in helping these people. Mm-hmm. And so we need to take the same approach. But, you know, if we're focusing on the lesson for this particular day, Wednesday, helping the hurting, it, it made me think, okay, who's the hurting? Yeah. And I'm going to hit you with some statistics right now that I have gathered, right? Let's go. Check this out, yeah? Between one-third to one-half, so a third of our population slash a half of our population, so a number in between there, yeah, in the UK are affected by chronic pain. And that's about 28 million people are affected by chronic pain. That's the number. And 53% of them are generally back pain. (laughs) I'm one of those 53%. I get back pain. Um, 48% of it is headache. I can also say I'm in that bracket. Then 46% is joint pain. So Mm. I feel like you... you, you I had had, a bit of joint pain. Yeah, they had a bit of joint pain. Mm. Um, Now, one in four people will experience a mental health problem of some kind each year in England. Yeah, I can There's three people that. in this room here, so good thing <laughs> that one person <laughs> ain't here in the room. <laughs> Why are you um, like this, honestly? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so new research from Shelter, which is an organization, shows that at least 271,000 people, 271K people, mm-hmm. are recorded as homeless in England. And this includes 123, 123k children. Oh my goodness. Isn't that sad? Do you know what's even sadder? That mm. when you said 217, I was like, oh, okay. And then when you said children, I was like, what? I know. I know. <laughs> Literally, I was thinking 271. Ain't too bad. But then when you say children, I'm like, I know. I'm so awful. Please forgive me, God. But um, okay. So 1.5 million cases. Yeah was the amount that the police recorded for domestic abuse-related incidents and crimes in England and Wales in March 2022. Yeah, that's a Mm. lot. So for me, there's no doubt about it, yeah, that there is hurt, there is pain, there is suffering to this very day. It's just so difficult because we don't see it. Like Mm. when we're talking about homeless children, I'm like, God, I've never seen any homeless children. No. Like, when I walk the streets of London, they're usually older. Do you get me? Mm. Um, and so you you could so easily be deceived to think that everything is fine and dandy, especially when you're just operating and, and concerned about your own sphere or just concerned about yourself. You're not thinking about your neighbours. Mm-hmm. You can just think, nah, there is there is no more domestic abuse. Like, how, how prevalent could domestic abuse be? Well, we're being told here it was 1.5 million. That's a lot. You know what I mean? And that was March of last year. So we're told here that it continues to increase day by day. Um, All this chronic pain and back pain, I think that's just, again, uh, it speaks to the fact that 
health is a decline, I suppose. Um, all this working from home, I've heard that back pain has increased, you know. Um, and so there is a lot. We can actually reach a lot of people because there is there is no lack of hurting people. There is no lack of hungry people, needy people. And God is calling us to meet the needs of all people. You know, it's not limited to a certain race, to a certain problem. We're supposed to help everyone and anyone that we can basically access, even those where we don't know if they will accept us, just in the same way that, you know, we don't know if everyone accepted Jesus and Jesus's help. Mm -hmm. um, and through reaching, though reaching them for Jesus is the foundation of our mission, we need to help those in need purely because they need help. That's ultimately it. That's the calling. Full stop. I don't, you know, like when we're talking about, oh, you know, do I give this this homeless person, this man yep. money because what if he spends it on drugs or alcohol? Mm. That's really none of your business. Your business. Sorry. Well, you give me a rebuke, but I agree <laughs> with you. I agree with you. Well, but you know what I mean? Like our business is to help people, not not what they do with our help, not if they accept us or love us, you know? Yeah, like, but what, what if, like, the money I give him, he uses it to buy drugs and then he overdoses? Well, you, uh, you take that, that up with God. I, I have no <laughs> answer for you. <laughs> um, I think I've got an answer. Mm. The answer is what you said right at the beginning, that it's important to understand the needs of people and help them. Same way when you saw that um, homeless person, with with Alex you asked him oh, are you hungry can we give you something so I feel like I feel like I needed to say that just in case we left people in limbo mm. with that question but there is an answer for your for my question yeah thank you Mish and I think just like like you said we help people because we have accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior mm. right and we take on his example and his instruction and if his instruction is to help the needy then do that. Mm, I love that. Um, Thursday's lesson, just to wrap us up, is a lot of repetition of what we've spoken about. So instead, I'm going to just summarize, if that's okay. Um, a few things that I've learned in this lesson is the importance of mingling that you spoke about. Um, and that's something that I want to start doing now, mingling with people. Um, I've taken inspiration for, from what you said about your man, your fiance, about always stopping and helping when he sees somebody because I feel like we don't do that a lot we're always either too busy but we know uh, in the bible there's actually scripture that said you know you fed me you clothed me um and the people are like oh when lord when did we see you and yeah. not help you and not feed you and it's like when you have helped my brother or sister mm. you have helped me as well so this is something that I personally have taken upon myself to start doing making sure that whenever I see someone in need helping them now, you were giving me some, a lot of stats there about people in need. And I almost got overwhelmed, but then I didn't because the more need there is, the more opportunity there yeah, is for us absolutely. Um, to actually help. And so I think it's important for us to actually be practical. You know, one of the things that we said about being part of God's mission is that it's not something that we just sit back and do in the comfort of our homes. We need to be out there doing it. And so um, how I want to end this is to encourage people to actually take a, a practical step in helping the, nid, the nitty, 
We're not. We're not doing well. We're showing how much of uh, immigrants we immigrants. are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in helping the needy, and I think the court really talks about the Joshua Project. Um, and they said it's a way that you can actually find people in your community who who have a need. Um, but I've always worked in places where we had, you know, corporate social responsibility, where you have to do charity work, etc. And all the organisations do it almost. Oof. Anyway, let me not because I might I might get fired. Um, but what I've learned from there, because they're quite passionate about it whenever we do it, um, is I've found loads of avenues to help. One of the things that we used to do where I worked was um, research food banks where we lived and go and visit them and actually say, oh, oh what are some lovely. of the things? Yeah, and most communities have food bank centers. And when I went to help out, like packaging food, they actually said to us, you know, like we accept um, dry foods like pasta, tinned foods because they last longer. Uh, but they're like, you know, it's really difficult because most times people give us things that are close to, to the expiration date. And so what we really need is something that's more long lasting, that lasts longer. And so what I want to inspire you, you probably sometimes you probably already do it, but if you don't, start looking into the food banks in your community and helping out because trust me, that's another way. You can't you can't always wait for to bump into a needy person to yeah. then help them. Sometimes you you also yeah, you also have to be active about it. Look for these. So of course the food banks. Um and of course, I have to plug this because, of course, we are Adventist. But, you know, we've got ADRA, a place where you can actually, uh, you know, give money. And they actually do outreach work, not just, why are you laughing? <laughs> I promise they're not sponsoring the podcast. <laughs> ADRA, sponsor us. <laughs> but they don't just do um, outreach in our community, but they actually do international as well. So we we're talking about, you know, immigration and refugees, etc. And there are actual charities that help out i remember the last time by the way you know charities are only charities as long as they give a percentage so even if they give five percent of their proceeds towards the cause it's okay and then if they really? if they say 95 percent of it goes to admin that's okay um but i just want to say by the way i i learned about this maybe five years ago maybe i shouldn't say it until I know for sure, but I remember Adra's proceedings was like 90% went to the cause and 10% was just proceedings. And I think it's like one of the highest charities that give most to the cause. The second one being Red Cross. Wow. Yeah. I probably Check need to polish with that. that knowledge. Yeah, I, I'm being practical with it, girl. I'm not just talking about it. I want to be about it. And I want, I want to inspire people listening to this to also be about it. Okay, so because we're feeling Christmassy, or Michelle is getting there, and it's Iris feeling Christmassy. Yeah, it's Michelle is working on it. She's working on it. It's <laughs> festive season, and you know what? To get into the spirit, we are gonna drop something very exciting, Ooh. and it's basically for the first twelve days of well, it's not Christmas, but twelve days of December, we will be dropping daily episodes where we break down each day the lesson in a more digestible manner because it's Christmassy and we're in the mood. So tune in in December. I love that. Well, we're going to close it there. I've given you your challenge, but in, in case you forgot, 
make sure you go research communities or organizations that can help you reach out to your community and if you are feeling too lazy to do that i've got you we're gonna link it in the description a few places that you can actually go um, and lend a helping hand there we go no excuses now and catch us in december for the first 12 days of the month 